Yo, 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 welcome to the Coach's Box. Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box with us today. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Real Coach K, Coach Pace, and Coach Murray. So we are out here. We, we are really excited about today's episode. We got a, several new segments to roll out, so I'm excited to do that. And we're going to start with what we like to call the hot seat. So I'm going to go to you, Coach Pace. Who needs to be benched or fired this week? Uh-oh. Ah, I'm glad you asked, James. I've been waiting <laughs> on this all week. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I got three people. All right, we're going to start with the lowest one. I mean, he doesn't really need to – just one week. He needs to be benched for one week, okay? Taylor Lewan. Mm. Right? You got you got to sit down, buddy. Five <laughs> sacks in two and a half quarters, my guy. You got to go. He's He's great. But I mean that performance right there. You gotta be ben- you gotta be benched for a week, just a week, okay? Because that's unacceptable as a starting left tackle, and you making them M's. I, I, this is the time. This is the timeout seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timeout seat. Timeout. <laughs> you just gotta be benched for a week. You feel me? Because that's that's unacceptable. I mean, come on now. Some people don't even get five sacks in a season. Yeah, five sacks in two and a half quarters. He gave us five sacks. Yeah, man, that's 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 tough. That's yeah. tough. But yeah, just benching for one game and then we'll call it a day. I All right. <laughs> um, and then the whole social media thing, I ain't like that. I was like, you, you made me better. Nah, bro, you should have been on your game anyway, because it's Chandler Jones. Like, what is you talking about? I don't know what you <laughs> do. Like, did you forget who Chandler Jones was? Like, he had, I think, 19 and a half sacks at one point in time in the season. So, you know, but whatever. Just bench him for one game. Now, they all got to go. I don't even know the names of the people of this one. I don't care who the names are. I just know everybody in the whole strength and conditioning organization with Baltimore has got to go. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. They should have been gone before the season started because they had, what was it, J.K., Gus, Marcus Peters, and who's the uh, fourth one? I always forget his name. I always forget the fourth one. They have four people tear the ACL. Thirteen people are in IR right now, pretty much for that team. Yes. So one plus one not equaling two right about now. So everybody gotta go. Losing jobs. Okay. Um, and then I've been waiting on this one all week because everybody knows where I'm about to go. (laughs) Hey, Ohio State DC got to go immediately. (laughs) He should have been fired. He shouldn't even have went to the press conference. They should have been shipping him as soon as he left the field. <laughs> I, I, can't, I don't know what he was doing. I, I really don't. We in man coverage with one high safety all game. <laughs> all game. Ain't no adjustments at halftime. No nothing. Listen, I mean, I just – I. Uh, and then the pass rush, we have how we got all five stars with no pass rush. It don't make no sense to me. We couldn't stop a nosebleed. I just our best safety broke his leg. Like I just I don't even know what to say. Can y'all help me, man? He gotta go though. He got to go. I was watching that game because we had all picked OSU to beat Oregon, and so we we pretty much figured out like Oregon will probably play better than they did. In week one, and but not good enough to beat Ohio State, right? And 
I don't think they even had to wash Anthony Brown's jersey after the game, like the quarterback for Oregon. I don't think they had to wash his jersey because he they didn't, they didn't touch him. They didn't touch him unless he ran the ball. They didn't they didn't touch him at all. They no didn't pressure. Touch him. He ran the ball. He slid. He slid. <laughs> he gave himself up. And yeah. to your point, Coach Kate, uh, 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 Coach Pace, yo, they they ran the same run play. Like don't, four times. Don't even get me started. About it, that. And got touchdowns on like three of them. It was you get the crack back block, and the offensive lineman is running down the field looking for people to block. He ain't got nobody to block. Man, three times in a row though. Like yeah. that's after like some one, stuff right there, man. After one, I'm like, all right, that's a good play. After two, I'm like, did y'all do any adjustments? After three, I'm like, they just winging it out here. They call <laughs> it batting plays. I, it just. It it made no sense to me, man. Like I just, I knew it was bad because like I knew they was running man one because the numbers game. Like man is easy to figure out because of the numbers game. But on top of that, when I seen that seventy five yard touchdown, my man's I don't know who he is, but he from Saint Ignatius Eichenberg or whatever. I'm sorry, bro. I don't care if you watch the show. You gotta be benched, cuz you gotta be benched, bro. You're slow. I rather. Honestly, I'd rather have Tuck Borland. Tuck Borland got feet that don't move really. I don't, I don't he can't run worth nothing. But dude, he shifted and went with the the speed, the what is it called? The jet sweep. Mm-hmm. Safety went with the jet sweep. And then all you see is the red C part. I'm like, bro, that's a man scheme. And he just ran 75 yards. I'm like, dude, what is y'all doing? Like this. And you ain't made no adjustments? No. None. Not, not one. The crazy thing is the DBs was the best part of the game because they saved a bunch of touchdowns. Outside of that, I mean, I don't know, man. Coach Murphy, hey, throw something in there because I – can we play? We still got <laughs> – Yeah, all right. No, nah, no. Nah. Man, I, I, I think I got about three years. I got three years of eligibility yeah. left. <laughs> No, that was that was embarrassing. Like I, I knew um I knew people at the game that like left at halftime, like they were so frustrated. And then I'm over here like halfway watching the game uh at home. Like I, I had to cover my daughter's eyes, like you know, because you know, she's starting to understand stuff now. I'm like, not like we ain't like this for real. Like she was like she doesn't really talk much, but she like looked at me as like, Daddy, is it is this why we move? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like nah man this has nothing this had nothing to do with that like I I just didn't understand what was going on and uh what strewed stewed whatever I don't know what he was thinking in the fourth with some of his pass oh, uh, passing and then overthrows and stuff I don't know probably because it was his first OSU home game and he got nervous and the pressure got to him but like I mean, I said in a group chat, I was like, I can't think of our last, like, 10 quarterbacks that would have made these mistakes, and that counts backups. Like, I mean, we have backups step up in playoff situations and play way better than this. And yep. you can't you can't hit a wide-open man in the fourth. Yeah, that Garrett Wilson pass was tough to watch. I was oh, like, yeah, I was, like, looking, and I was like, oh, this is no good. How much like, how much hype did this quarterback? How much hype did this quarterback come into the season with too? I think I mean, they all came in with a lot, honestly. I, 
Yeah. Yeah, they, they typically do. And, like, he – that was just bad. Because, I mean, it's not like he played the greatest – Last week too, like the the team was mediocre against Minnesota too. So I'm over here like it should be you know, at work talking to this one. Um, you know, I met this one lady because what well, for the the viewers I don't know. You know, I recently moved to Arizona and back in April, but I met the ran into this one lady that she lived in Lima. So she was a OSU or she's an OSU fan, and we we're just like talking about the game while it was going on, and then we we're just like they never. They typically never struggle against these kind of teams. Like what? Like what's going on here? <laughs> like the the defense is lackluster. The QB is. I don't even know, man. I. It's hard to watch. It's hard. It like. It, it was. It was hard to watch a lot. And on the show last week, we talked about you know though we all picked OSU. Coach K pointed out that OSU's defense wasn't impressive against Minnesota either. But we just figured that Oregon wasn't going to play that well based on their week one performance. So we would still be yeah. able to, to win even if they put up points. And yeah. my point was that I wonder what's going to happen when games get tight, like for C.J. Stroud, like when he's going to have to make decisions when it really is on him to make that throw at that point in time during the game where you can't make mistakes, will he be able to do that? I mean, I, I just didn't think it would happen this soon. I didn't think it would happen in week two. I thought we were going to have to see that come, you know, maybe in the in college football playoff or for the conference championship or something like that. But that that was that was tough. That was tough to watch for sure. Oregon. Man, for, I don't know, for me, uh, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even really watch the game. Because, I mean, cause, like for I, just being watching on house that over the years, it takes – about, I say three to four games for the, the team to find out who they really are. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And I don't know, like, am I surprised by the loss? A little bit, but I don't know. Like, it's it's Ohio State. This stuff happens all the time. Like, nobody should be surprised, in, in my in my in my opinion. So. Yeah, that could be true. Because honestly, now that I think about it, I really can't think of a time like in the recent past that we played like a good or like even a, a highly ranked team this early in the season, they kind of, yeah. you know, pick up um, some practice squad teams <laughs> or some decent, right. some decent big 10 teams. And then when they get to like, you know, playing their sixth, seventh, eighth game, they're starting to play those better teams. So, yeah. That's probably what it was, to be honest. It hit him too soon because he was just like first first home game and it's against Oregon. It, yeah, and, and you know, yeah, Oregon's been holding on to those L's for a little while too. So I mean payback was due to come at some point. So I'm I'm not surprised. I yeah. mean, I don't think it was a I don't think it was like a bad game by Strout. He folded in the fourth. I will say that he folded in the fourth. But I don't think it was a bad game on him. I just – I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you throw for – it's crazy to me that he threw for, like, 475 yards mm-hmm. and you still lose. Like, that's mind-boggling to me. And we all say it's, like, an unimpressive 475 yards, which is crazy in itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, 
I just I feel like you know he's taking a brunt of the blame, which he should because you the QB, you get the glory and the blame. Right. Nope. Uh, we need to we need to call out that D line too, um, because they all we got an All American in high school, Garrett. Uh, we got all four or five stars, and they rotate me and everybody's getting some tick, but nobody can get any pressure. I find that like absurd. Y'all letting somebody run for. 200 yards y'all let the other dude run for another probably 70 yards and a touchdown and he didn't even play that much like somebody got it we gotta make some shit larry johnson gonna have to do something because it's it's not cutting it that front seven awful that running back verdell made us look horrible he made us look slow he made us look like we didn't know how to tackle we don't we weren't disciplined it was (laughs) It was bad. Everybody on defense needs a red shirt and play an extra year. That's what. That's all I'm hearing. Like they, because they ain't from that performance. Ain't nobody going to the league. Like y'all just practice squad players. Because that was a horrible. Easy. We'll see what happens if uh, Ryan Day and his staff can can get things back on track. Yeah, I, I did read where they were making some changes. So we'll see yeah. how. The- Pay off and exactly what those changes will be. And I hope one of them includes Cody Simon starting that linebacker because when he came in and played two possessions, the last two possessions, they got two stops, which was nice. But outside of that, man, they need to carry Combs, bro. See you. You can, I don't know where you're going to go, but it don't need to be at a Buckeye Stadium. I'll tell you that. It might need to be out <laughs> of the state of Ohio at this point. Oh and I'll be honest with you, the Cincinnati looking better than us right now, which is a doggone shame. Yeah. Should have got them in the Big Ten. Hey, that's it. I was just about to say that. But that, now I see why. They're probably scared. They're like, no, we ain't trying to add nobody. We comfortable with the Big Ten right Man. now. Hmm? <laughs> probably going to add, like, University of North Carolina or something. I don't know, man. Like, I <sighs> go back and listen to the last episode. I talked about it. I'm just disappointed with the Big Ten. The Big Ten has not added Rutgers. I don't even know what a Rutgers is. Like, why would you call your team? I forgot they was in the Big Ten. That's how crazy that is. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know. I was like, wait, yeah. Maryland. I don't watch Maryland either. Didn't Maryland beat us one year? I don't know. I just know that they they I don't know if they're I don't even know if their uh, helmets are the same. I just remember their helmets used to be dope. Yeah, that's what, mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, man, they got dope helmets," and that's about it. Where it ends, that's where it ends. Yeah, yeah. that's like, um, yeah, the the Big Ten definitely that just shows that they're just it's because of the, I mean, they're generating the same revenue, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, TV deals they set them TV deals up amazingly. Yeah, like, so right. now they just, and that's the reason why we probably these past couple of times we make it into the playoffs, uh, we get exposed because it's just like y'all don't really play nobody. Because mm-hmm. at first, Big Ten was known for, like, even if the teams weren't good, you know, Big Ten was known for their defense. It's like, hey, they the Big Ten have great defensive players throughout all the teams, or pretty much all the teams, and now everybody's just like, what? Yeah. A Rutgers is what they are. A Rutgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great doo-doo. Oh, I <laughs> See you, Collins. Why would you not? Yeah, I think Cornhuskers is probably the worst name of any team I've ever heard. For sure. For sure. It's up there. It's up there. I get it. Like, it makes sense for Nebraska 
Come on, man. That's not what I want my team name after, you know? Like, yeah, corn is nasty anyways. Hey, I look at corn. Hey, like, man. It's not, not, not. <laughs> hey, sit, hey, sit him out for a week. Stop that. Come <laughs> on, you're just saying stuff. Okay. You're saying stuff. You're just having a good old time, and you just got to make some <laughs> stuff up. You might have to That's get back for a week, buddy. He just eating that. He just eating that can corn. That's what expired can corn. That's what you <laughs> accustomed to. That's what man, it was. Hey, how can you make a judgment call after that, man? Like that's that's that hurts my feelings, bro. That's that's a, that's cutting <laughs> deep. Saying I eat canned corn. Bro. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I ain't hey. never hear somebody say they don't like corn, man. Like I yeah, I ain't heard that one either. That's a new one for me. Yeah. Man. All right. Well. You're figuring out a lot here on the coach's bias. You're figuring out who needs to be benched, who don't like corn. There's just a lot going on. But thank the you. Versatility, so. the range. The range. That's what this show is about, a range, bro. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you, Coach Pace, um, for uh, your first segment of the hot seat. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, so now the next part is what we like to call WTF with Coach Oh, man. So Coach My Pace, for a story. Uh, you know, some type of situation that's going on that gets that got under his skin this week or something that just makes him scratch his head and say WTF. What do you got for us this week, Coach K? So earlier in the week and no, no, 100 percent, no disrespect to this person at all. But uh, Patrick Beverly said, I've made the play. I've made the playoffs every year since I've been in the NBA and I don't expect that to change. If there was a button I could press and say, Ken has just left the group chat, that's what I'll do right now, bro. Like, that's what we, hey, we need to invest in that. Hey, whoever makes the, the, e- the, the easy button, we, we're looking for endorsements. Get us one of those. <laughs> Send it to Coach K. <laughs> Send it to me, man, because I'm like, this man has, has a, a fronting big man, D'Angelo. He's not even – Patrick Beverly's not even – He's probably not even the seventh best person on that team. I was like, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what? There's a difference between reality and expectations. I don't know what kind of Kool Aid Patrick P. Bev is drinking, but you know, he ain't even the captain of the ship no more, bro. He's coming off the. He might not even be coming off the bench. He might not even say any play any PT. Yeah, so he's in Minnesota. I'm sick of that. Yeah. Huh? He's in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, okay. He's in Minnesota. Listen, the only what, person – What is he going to do? Nothing. The only player that got Minnesota out of their drought was my boy <laughs> Jimmy B. And Patrick Beverly ain't nothing like Jimmy Butler. So, I don't know. See, that's his problem. When people talk so much, they just get in their own way. Like, you are you weren't the X factor of why these teams were making it to the playoffs. Like, yeah. You are a solid player. You're a you're a scrappy defender. I wouldn't say that you're a great defender. You just do a lot of running around and whatever. But all those teams that made the playoffs with you on it would have made it without you. Just as easy as you being there. You're just a solid like yeah. You're a solid role player. That's what you are. That's what you always been. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what he he's about to. He'll be having a a longer off season this year. Let's just say that because everybody knows the Timberwolves ain't doing sure. nothing. No, so, no. ain't doing nothing. 
Man, and somebody said like, I just want somebody posted a picture of him like he. Hmm? I just want y'all to know he stole forty mil. I'm just throwing that out there. He, he stole did. 40. He did highway robbery. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know how he did that. Um, and are are there any LeBron fans here? What do you mean by fan? Yeah, I, I respect them, but I'm not like I'm a stan. I, I like. A, I do respect greatness. So I yeah, like I'm a Jimmy Butler fan, but mm-hmm. LeBron, I just respect his game and what he's done. Dame Gala fan. Devin Booker fan, but I was okay. not for sure. Okay. So I guess the next thing is just all this talk about LeBron beating the all-time score this year. Like, that's cool and all, and no disrespect to LeBron, but I don't care. Just play the game of basketball. Like, we let's see if he can just win the championship. Like, I, I honestly don't care about him breaking the record, to be honest. Is, is that because you feel – that it doesn't carry the weight that people say it carries. Like it's more of a long. It's not. It's yeah. It's it's not uh, for like longevity purposes. Okay, yeah. Like he's played in the league a long time, but um, at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Like, how how much is that going to add to his greatness? Because I already have LeBron. Like, I think he would finish on number two all time for me, whether or not he broke the record or not. So. I don't know. And to me, like people are just going to use this as a as another reason why he should be the GOAT better than better than MJ. And I, I can't I can't ever see him being better than Michael Jordan, especially when you've you've lost more finals games than you actually have championships. Amen. So. Jordan always had better teams. That's all I gotta say. So I am on the different end. I think that oh, LeBron could. I think up. LeBron could take the number one spot. But caveat on top of that, I agree with you on the whole scoring huh? thing. I feel like he. I felt like he accomplished so much that him getting that. Like I think it's just known that he's going to achieve that award. He's just going to do it, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after. So like it's inevitable for for yeah. him to hit it, but. Like, you're so far along in your career in terms of championships, MVPs, All-Stars, Olympic gold medals, that it's like, if he hits it, that's not a thing that I'm going to be like, hey, he's the number one scorer in NBA history. Like, that's not something I'm going to use in an argument of him being the GOAT. But so mm-hmm. I think that's just what it is. I just feel like that's um thing. Like at this point, it's just strictly championships. Like that's yeah. all that matters in your in your goal thing. But it's not like he's the one talking about hitting this goal. It's everybody else uh-huh. around him because he's so close. Like it'd have been different if you were like, hey, you know, I'm close. I'm about to lock in. It's the only thing great about him hitting that is that he's not a known scorer. Is he's a pat? He's more so of a pass first yeah. guy. He's a facilitator, but he's about to hit this goal. So that's the only thing that's like cool about it. But outside of that, I mean, it's it's just a cool goal to hit. That's about it. Yeah. But that's nothing that if some if I'm talking to somebody and they're just like, oh well, you know, Brian is the number one scorer. I'm just looking at him and be like, and yeah, I think I think for me, I just hate that. I hate that whole narrative. Because the moment becomes less special for me because, like, oh, now I got to listen to this dude golf about, like, why LeBron's the greatest of all time, which I 
I agree. I don't know, man. I agree to disagree about the teams because I feel like LeBron's um, at least since he's since he's been to since he uh, went to Miami, like he's always had a decent basketball team. Like I don't I don't care what anybody says, except except for except for when they traded Kyrie um, after they lost to. Um, State. Uh, yeah, Golden State. Uh, aside from that, he's pretty much always had a decent team, like when he's been to the finals, outside of you know the first year with the Cavs. Yeah. And the like, last and the last couple of years without Kyrie. Like he has good teams, but like Jordan's teams were great. Like he had great teams. Like I'll you can make an art like I Everybody has their own opinion, but I like I believe D Wade is better than Scotty. Tell me about it. Talk to him. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, you, you had you had that, but like, if you ask me, like, hey, do you want Chris Bosh or do you want Dennis Rodman? I'm taking Rob. If you, if you're, I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking, but I'm also taking, but I'm taking Scotty before Kyrie. I'm taking Scotty before Kevin Love. I would take AD before Scotty, but like that, that's a, like the, it's just give and take, but like he had a great, like he had, Jordan had these great all around teams where people just knew like, Hey, this is your role and this is what you're going to do. So Jordan's like, Hey, I'm going to score. I'm going to defend y'all figure out where y'all fit in, where LeBron has, is just like doing everything and people just have to fit around him. And he does so much. That is just like they people feel like they can just do whatever. And then plus Jordan was a great player, but everybody knows that the way the Bulls organization was ran was ran way better than it was done when Brown was in Cleveland before he left for Miami, mm-hmm. even when he came back. Like those people came. He was able to pull that off when he came back. Like he it got to the point where he's just like, okay. I made a big enough name for myself in Miami that I can now, you know, gravitate or, you know, pull some people into Cleveland. Like he just had to do that off his name, but the bulls, they drafted well, they traded well, they weren't doing that in Cleveland. If they did that, I mean, people would have a different view on Brian, but they just feel like, Oh, he just left and went to uh, create a super team. Like, well, it's not his fault that, you know, they couldn't build a team around them in Cleveland where they were able to build a team around Jordan and uh, Chicago. I, I feel like, I feel like I th- one of the differences, one of the big differences between LeBron and MJ is I feel like with LeBron, you have to find certain players to, to fit, like you were saying, how to fit like around uh LeBron, like LeBron needs certain players to, to be around him. He does not know how to motivate his teammates for the most part, I would say. Versus like Michael Jordan, like he he took what he has sometimes and, and made it work. Like he knew how to motivate his teammates. When Bron made his first run to the playoffs with that boo-boo team in, the, in Cleveland, yeah. I don't see – I don't – if you replace – Jordan and put or you replace Bron and put Jordan in there. He's not making the finals. That's all I got to say. He's not doing that. As for him to be just a great defender and score, he's not taking that team 
to the finals. And there's no way you can convince me other otherwise. And all the teams that that Jordan took to the finals, you insert LeBron, they're still making the finals. Hell, they made the finals without Jordan when he left. Or like yeah. dang near with just Scotty. So they were close. They lost. Yeah, so them. yeah, like they yeah, they were it was like the Eastern Conference finals, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. but every time you LeBron left the team, butt cheeks. Yeah. I drafted. This just tells me that we we need to have a segment, I guess, on a, on a, on a oh. later show to to deal this out. But I I, li- I like where this is headed. But I want to I want to. Okay, I'll I'll say this, Coach Pace. You've been really quiet here, and you've been thinking a lot. Look like you want to say something. You want to share something real quick before we move on. I was just the whole AD and Scotty thing. I would take. <laughs> And this is just me personally, because I uh, when I think of players, I also think of availability. Okay, mm-hmm. I factor that in because if you ain't available, you ain't you. You're useless to me. Like when people try and argue Kyrie and Russ or Kyrie and Dame or Kyrie and anybody that's even relevant, I just be like, bro, Kyrie is gonna play every other night. I can count on Russ to play every night. I I just Kyrie might not play for a week. I can't do nothing with that. Kyrie's going to miss the postseason. That's guaranteed. Unless he's playing with LeBron James, he's he's missing the postseason. So, like, I just – AD is the same way. Like, yeah, AD's great. I just struggle with AD because I can't do nothing with nobody that's never available. Yeah, I was just strictly going based off skill. I would take AD. But it's not one of those things, like, it's clear cut. Like, if you put – like how I said earlier, if you put Scotty in – Wade in front of me. I'm taking Wade, no question. AD, I'm going to be like, because uh, the thing is, in terms of being a role player, AD, uh, to me, is a lot better at, in doing that. But, like, you know, like, Scotty has proven, like, hey, I could take a team and take them somewhere. AD mm-hmm. hasn't done that. Like, when he was with the Pelicans, he wasn't doing that. They were first-round exits every trip. So. Okay. Fair enough. But strictly skill, I'm taking AD. We definitely got to revisit this conversation. Yeah, we do. Because I'm hurt at some of the stuff that I'm hearing this evening. And I I thought, boys, I thought we was better than this. Ain't nothing wrong with being number two. I didn't, I ain't say Bron took it now. (laughs) I ain't say none of that. Like, I hate that people, like, the fact that people put more weight on Jordan losing. All right, Ron losing in the finals just because, like, hey, you made the finals, you're supposed to win. I'm like, well, I mean, what, y'all just rather him get bounced in the first round every trip? And then that's when I'm like, well, Jordan got bounced in the first round. Jordan got swept in the first round. I was like, oh, well, he was playing bird. Oh, he was doing this. So? Like, when nobody had no love for for Ron when he's out here facing – uh, you know, three Hall of Famers against the Spurs, and like, yes, one of the those runs he had a flame out, and we all know that. And oh, Jordan wouldn't have a flame out, so on and so forth. Hey, stuff happens, but Jordan has bad games, he's been swept. Bron has played good teams, been swept and lost in the finals, but it's just like I just view it as when you're in the when you're in the playoffs, it's just win or lose, it doesn't matter. If you lose in the first, second round, or in the finals, if you lose, you lose. And if you win, you win the finals. And that's all I'm going off of. 
a loss is a loss. I don't care where you win. If you don't win the chip, you don't win the chip. So you might as well throw that at the end of their losing record too. If they lose in the first round, I don't care. Gotcha. Gotcha. You talked about chips. We're going to talk about a different type of chip now. And, and, and our betting. Yeah. <laughs> Ruffles? No, no, we're <laughs> going to talk about betting chips. So our, one of our new segments is called Bet with Coach Murph. Uh, so Coach Murph is uh, going to break down for us a recap of last week's earnings. He's doing bets for, for NFL games each weekend. And then he's going to talk to us about what his bets are going to be for this Sunday. So take us back uh, a week and, and tell us about, um, you know, the bets that you place and the money earned in those situations. All right. So uh, also like in the process, I'm going to explain kind of like my mentality when I go on betting. That was one of the biggest things people were asking me about. Uh, so actually, I'm going to start off with that. So for you novice out there, like I'm, you know, I'm new to the game, too. I just happen to have some success with it. But, you know, I like to play with my betting money. So I initially throw my money in there. Like, for instance, I'll put in one hundred dollars and then I will have. I would technically spend like $50, like, hey, this is my big betting money. And then I have my other 50, that's kind of like my recoup. And what I mean by recoup, these are uh, best, smaller bets that I place basically just to replenish my betting money. So to replenish that $50, just in case if I lose out on my big bet, so that I don't have to keep sending money into, from sending my own money, I can just reuse my winning. So... I did have a bittersweet win last <laughs> last Sunday, so I put together a, a four game parlay or a four parlay pick parlay. I said that Corey Davis will uh, score at least one touchdown at any point in the game. I said that the Chargers would beat Washington, uh, the Raiders would beat uh, the Ravens, and that Jalen Hurts would throw two touchdowns that his uh, thing was 1.5 and I bet $40 the payout was 1900 I got three of them and the last one left was the Raiders game and I viewed it as you know I could go through with this Raiders game but it was such a toss-up game that I was just like at this point you can hedge your bet and it's like okay you can hedge your bet and you can walk out with 577 and I was like okay, well, at this point, if I just go through with this Raiders game and they lose, I don't, I'm not viewing myself as losing $40 anymore. I'm viewing myself losing 577 because that's what's on the table. So I cashed it out. It was bittersweet that <laughs> that the Raiders won because that's 1300 that I left, but that comes with the game. You know, you're just building up momentum. You know, it's okay. I'm not out here trying to you know, live my life off of sports betting. This is just kind of like some, it's kind of like, you know, fantasy. It's like fantasy league, really. Uh, but when I took that money out, I also put in a $20 five-pick parlay on that game alone on the Raiders winning, Derek Carr throwing over 255 yards, Tyson Williams running for at least 45 yards, Derek Carr throwing two touchdowns that he did the second touchdown at the very end of the game. So that was clutch. And Lamar Jackson throwing at least one touchdown, and that gave me a two hundred dollar payout. And I also did a parlay pick um, on the Washington game, but around uh, well the uh, Thursday night game, Washington versus the Giants. And this is 
what comes to my uh, my recoup. So you can also do like live bets. So you could do like, it could be the middle of the game. You can be like, oh, this next drive, they're going to kick a field goal or they're going to punt. And then you can bet on that. Um, I was so for sure that Washington was going to win. Like around halftime, the parlay that I put before the game started, I it was looking less and less likely. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to get this. How am I going to recoup this money? So when the when Washington went down at by four in the third, like late in the third, early fourth, um, the odds switched, and they're saying like, hey, it's less likely that Washington will win. So if you bet on them, there's more, like you get a higher payout. So I was just like, hey, they're down four. I'm uh, I'm like ninety five percent sure they're going to win this game. So I bet fifty on the money line of them coming back and finishing the game and then I got a $122 payout and I basically recouped all the money I bet and plus $22 so that's um was my successes from Sunday to yesterday um so man it was fun that it was definitely stressful that that 1300 is going to nudge at me but honestly nine times out of ten uh if I ever get the opportunity to hedge a bet and get, you know, a, a payout, I'm going to take that. It's better than, you know, taking that risk because anything can happen on any given Thursday, Sunday, or Thursday. Um, but also the way I want to end this segment is showing y'all, I want to ask y'all a couple of questions. I just got three questions uh, for possible, you know, parlay picks to, to add. So it's me. <clears throat> Basically, you're picking this or that, all right? Um, where is... All right, here we go. So what's most likely to happen? The Bengals beating the Bears or the Panthers beating the Saints? <clears throat> uh, Bengals beating Bears. Bengals. I was about to say Bengals. Bengals. All right. Hurts throwing two touchdowns against the Niners. Or uh, Jameis throwing uh, – this is a different one. So Jameis throwing a pick against the Panthers or Kyle Pitt scoring uh, his first touchdown against Tampa. Jameis. Jameis throwing a pick. So y'all think he's going to – you think that five, oh, five touchdown no pick was a fluke? No, I, I, I just know he got a pick in him. Yeah, it's more likely to happen than the other than Kyle Pitts okay. against against Levante David and Devin White. Yeah, please. That's kind of how I, I, I viewed it too. I was leaning towards the Jameis thing because of um, Levante. I just know that they're going. They're about to be stuck on Kyle Pitts because I mean, you show. I mean, like Philly showed that you know their their defense showed that the. Atlanta offense is still working out some kinks. This is like the first year of Calvin Ridley being viewed as the number one, and they really don't have like a true number two receiver. So it's like Ridley then Pitts. So I feel like he'll be like now. I forgot to add uh, what I was going to have with paired with Hertz, but how likely I think it is that Hertz throw two touchdown passes against the 49ers. Mm. I think it's likely. I think I think he'll do it. 
I'm pretty confident he will. I'm gonna go sixty. He will. Yeah, I, mean, I just like I, how he facilitates. He's a facilitator, so I yeah. Like but like that, like like with his legs, I feel like he he'll probably be more of like throw one and run one than to throw two. You know, so I don't know. But there there is some uh, injuries on the line for the 49ers. so um, he might have a little bit of time in the pocket. But yeah, th- those are some. I mean, there's so much more you can, like, bet on, as you saw from the other parlays in terms of, uh, you know, player stats. You could bet on, like, a team or a specific team or a team in general fumbling or throwing a pick, so on and so forth. So, like I said, it's a, it's a fun it's a fun thing, and it, it's definitely a lot funner when you're, you're winning. So, hopefully every edit that James posts, it's me – winning some type of money even if it's five dollars man if i gotta bet one dollar just for him to post something <laughs> i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah, better carson wins to throw a pick this weekend that, that there's <laughs> the odds on that is like the odds on that is likely so you really won't get any money for that <laughs> never mind but like it's but for those people like those negative odds meaning like something that's more likely to happen it's good to incorporate those into your parlays because it still gives you like the more you add to your parlay, whether it's positive or negative, since it's more things that have to happen, you still get like a, a nice little payout because you have so much. But I try to keep mine between like three to five because I can't be stressing out about, you know, six, seven different things. And you would have been stressing out on Monday night during that race. That's what I'm saying. I don't like I situation boy. I was talking, I was talking to somebody at work. I was like, listen, man, I'd have came in the next day, whole beard gray. Like it'd have been I'd miss just I like, hey, I, I still won, I won 1900. I probably wouldn't have went into work, honestly, if I won that. <laughs> I honestly you would have shared some year, years off your life too. No, for sure, for sure. But uh back on the topic of sponsors, hey, I'm not revealing. I'm not revealing what I'm using for my sports betting until I get a sponsor. So hit me up, man. And if y'all have any uh, sports betting questions or, you know, have anything about it, you know, feel free to to hit me up, man, on on, uh, IG. And, you know, for all my closer friends that have my phone number, you know, just just hit me. I I have that happen too. (laughs) But if somebody uh, random, a fan hit my hit up my phone, my wife ain't gonna be happy. So <laughs> don't be just blowing my phone. <laughs> Who is this? Uh, like, man, I don't know. I don't know. The number ain't saved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna hit you up offline here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you could you could help a brother out. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Coach Murph. Uh, a dope segment there, and we'll see um, what the outcome is next week. You'll be, you know, uh, you'll hear about it first right here on the Coach's Box, and check us out on IG, C-Box Podcast. We'll post all the winnings uh, from our, the, the bet segment and also the um, the hot seat with Coach Pace segment. So now we're going to gravitate into a little fantasy football here, and so I'm just going to do a little bit of a humble, humble brag. So Coach Jay couldn't join us tonight, uh, but he did text me on Monday because he was hating on Jameis Winston 
and was saying that they weren't going to score that many points against Green Bay and that they were going to put up maybe 10, 14 points and Jameis threw for five touchdowns. So I just want to say, told you so. Told you so. So told you so. He, didn't you pick him up in one of our leagues? He's like, hey, man, Jameis is here. They sleeping on Jameis. Sleeping on I did. Me. Guess what? I played Ryan Tannehill and Aaron Rodgers. Guess what they did for me? Absolutely nothing. nothing. I was sick. Man. One of, like, literally, that was the determinant factor of one of the league that us three are in. I lost that game just because of Aaron Rodgers. If I had Matthew Stafford in, I would have won. Like, everybody performed but him. But right. my, the the paid league I'm in, it's a, it's a two-quarterback uh, league. And I was blessed enough and smart enough to take Pat Mahomes and Matthew Stafford. So I did a number on my opponent. And I honestly feel confident in every <laughs> every week I go in because I got like after this first week, they're like projected like the top, they're both top five fantasy point quarterbacks. And I was like, well, I got them both in the tuck and I got Baker on the bench. He'll probably never see the light of day. <laughs> but except for bye weeks, of course. But yeah, man, it, it was it was a good week. I, I just kept winning all around, man. And the Philly boys won. So what can I say? Philly pulled it out. Yeah. So I number I, one in the NFC East. Sorry, James. I, I know. I know. What? Oh, say what? The Eagles are Not number one in the NFC. Nah. Oh well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For now. For now, that's yeah, not no, gonna, I, that's not. I, I, no, trust me, I, I already gave them my skill. I was like, hey, man, I'm just okay. taking it week by week. Like, I went in this year with the intentions. I was like, I feel like we'll be like around a 500, sub 500 team. Cause I mean, we got games coming up against Tampa too. We got Chiefs and all that. So I'm just like, I mean, the writing is on the wall. And by any means, I don't think we will win the NFCs, but. Like this is just one of those years. I feel like the team, it's a it's a rebuilding year. You're just kind of figuring out what you have, but mm-hmm. it's enjoyable because like the team is good enough to perform. Like you know that they're just not gonna tank, you know. Um, and I, I just like the kind of the coming out party of Hurts. Um, because I feel like I view this more of the true coming out party than him getting tossed down last year because just everything was coaching and the higher-ups, everything was a mess. It was so, chaos. He was throwing I'm just kind of – yeah, I'm just enjoying them game by game. So Got you. I'm, I'm going to hold oh, on My bad, that. man. Yeah, I know over here, man, just going to come rain on my parade. I know. I was, I was – my bad. I got caught up. I got caught up, bro. That's my bad. It was the corn <laughs> thing. He was trying to take shots at me because I talked about it. In the yeah. It's a, I'm a <laughs> – yeah, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so – Oh, there's two of y'all in here. That's sad. Y'all the federal. Hey, what do you mean? It's sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, y'all, yeah, y'all the feds, bro. Y'all the opposition. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all about to be 0 and 2. I don't. I don't. Nah, but, well, this this week, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we yeah, got about to go 0 and 2, <laughs> but that that but then after that, it's us. I think we're coming to Jerry World. So I will that'd defend be an interesting y'all. Game. I will defend y'all. And I'll state it in the group chat. I'm going to need everybody that don't know nothing about football to stop worrying about Zeke, okay? Because if y'all knew anything about football, you would know he would get graded an A-plus for his game. He did what he needed to do. He Mm -hmm. said, first of all, two toughest linebackers there are in football, the combo. Blitz pickup was A-1. 
Man, like, one, if it wasn't for his blitz pickup, there the Cowboys would have never been in the game to even remotely begin with. Like me, me and me, Devin White, White and uh, and David in the hole every trip. Like Man, you know the type of toll that I take on somebody. Like nobody typically they're good for like a running back is good for like one a game. They're like, all right, I can't, I can't do that. We gotta, you know, Tony, gotta Tony move out the pocket, the something. I don't know. But nah, I, I, I love the way he played like that. Honestly, like the type of game he had, it was kind of like those those uh like basketball. It's a lot easier to see in basketball somebody that doesn't put up the stats, but, you know, they affected the game. Yeah. That's, just, that's the type of game he had. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like one of those things like for kickers, nobody cares about a kicker until they miss. So it's just like, hey. Good. He yeah. did everything right with blocking, and you know he did what he could running the ball without you know Zach Martin, but like he that they threw the ball a lot, and he was no a reason lie. why they had big plays. Yeah, no lie, that was probably his best game I've seen in probably two, three years, even with all the rushing and everything, because he was so like I mean he affected the game in another way. He you knew like they wouldn't go let him run. I mean you got Sue and what's his name mm-hmm. right. Plugging Vitai was bullying everybody. If like, eating eating grown men, and he's a grown. I mean, just so like what he did. Like that was probably the best I've seen Zeke play in two or three years. I'm not gonna lie to you. Unsung heroes. Yeah, for real. For sure. and would it also shoot? How, how sweet it is to be the highest paid running back getting paid to just block. That's a right. nice little payday. Well, I do have a question about. Uh, for y'all Cowboys fans, right quick. How do y'all feel about the uh, um, the the play call changes of like the run plays they picked that Dak altered at the line to pass? How did y'all feel about hearing about that? I, I the one thing I wasn't pleased about was the amount of times that Dak Prescott threw the ball. I don't want Dak throwing it that many times at all. Even if they would have won, I still wouldn't have liked it. I don't, I wouldn't want Dak to do that. I wouldn't want Patrick Mahomes to do that. I wouldn't want Tom Brady to do that. Like, so the fact that they would, they would have to do that. You have to at least give the illusion, like you're going to give a balanced offense, uh, regardless of your lack of productivity. Uh, and so I, I wanted to see if you're going to do that. I wanted to see more play action plays to at least get a linebacker DB to bite a little bit, just to, just to give you a little bit more space to work with and maybe open up a bigger play than some of the plays that they did. But I feel that after Zeke couldn't go anywhere and, and nowhere and nowhere and nowhere and nowhere and nowhere, they completely abandoned it in general. You know, they completely abandoned using him at all. And so I would like to have seen that. And I talked about it last week is that Tony Pollard would get more yards per touch, but they would use him different, differently than they did Zeke, like different types of run plays uh, and, and, and short passing plays. And it's like, well, yeah, Tony could do that, but Zeke could do that, too. So let's 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 get him some of those looks in, in open space and, and, and he'll be more productive than just running between the tackles. Uh, because that's going to be hard to do against that elite front seven. And I feel the same way too, because I feel I feel like us. I don't know, like I'm a hundred percent sold on Zach Dak, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on Dak. The only reason is because I have to be because we gave him that contract. 
So I just I don't I don't I, I don't trust his decision making all the time. So and like he's he's not to me he's not clutch when we need him to be. So um and for that reason, like I him I'm I want a more balanced attack and I don't want him throwing the ball that much either. And that's just me. That was it. Yeah. Oh, that was all. I was just like when I heard that, I was just like, man, he altered it. like he switched it up that much. Yeah, I. Yeah, and because if you switch it up and you're imbalanced when you switch it up like that, um, I think it makes it for the e- it makes it easier for the defense to play defense then. Yeah. So, and if you have a defense that's already great, mm-hmm. and you're making right. a job. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I actually one one note before we move forward to to fantasy picks uh, is. What I was more disappointed in is I felt like uh, Micah Parsons was, you know, when you draft him high like that, you feel like obligated that you need to be playing him. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like Wolf Hunter would have been better in coverage. I think Parsons is better at run defense than he is at pass defense. And there are some plays where he looked a little out of place, looked a little lost, like not sure where he needed to be or a step behind the play. Just he doesn't have that experience yet. You know, it's not a knock on him. It's just, you know, it, it takes time. And so the some of those plays, especially in the fourth quarter, you know, I, I when it comes to crunch time, you you would like to see someone who has a little bit more experience there that you can count on being in the right spot at the right time. And perhaps that could have changed the outcome of the game because it was so close down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's kind of hard to be uh you know, your first experience and your welcome to the league moment is against Brady. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a little unfair to him. I think. And I know he he willingly accepts that challenge because of the yeah, competitive. As he kid. should. Yeah. But, I just, you know, if I was his coach, I wouldn't put him in that situation, especially like all game long, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so we're going to go into our fantasy football. We're picking one player to start, one player to sit, and one player that is a sleeper. So my start is Devontae Adams versus Detroit. Don't get, you know, too down in the dumps about last week's performance. I know all the Packers let us down last week, all of them. You know, I had Tanya and, uh, and, and stuff, Jones. and Adam Jones, and you know, and then other leagues. So Aaron Jones, I'm sorry. So Devontae Adams versus Detroit, if there is any team that you can play against to get your numbers back up and your confidence back up, it's the Detroit Lions. So uh, I would say sit DJ Moore uh, against the, the Saints. Uh, so you're looking at Carolina, you know, they they struggled to even get a rhythm against the Jets. So I'm not confident that DJ Moore is going to be a big factor uh, against a, uh, you know, twice as good of a defense in the Norland Saints. So I, if, if you have someone better, I would start that. I'll make sure you start them. Uh, and then sleeper is Mike Williams uh, versus Dallas. You know, speaking of Dallas, I think, uh, Dallas's defense is better, but they were so atrocious last year. They had nowhere to go but up. Uh, but they still gave up a lot of big plays to the wide receivers, to, to Brown and to Evans and to Godwin uh, and, and, and Gronk. You know, so I look at uh, Herbert being able to, to have some time and to be able to make some big plays. And I think Mike Williams is going to be a benefactor of some of those plays. So that's those are mine. Uh, Coach Pace, who you got this week? Um, so 
Really, I'm going to just start with, because I got him on my team, and I need to make sure everybody doesn't suffer like I did. (laughs) Please, please, everybody. Josh Jacobs and Odell are out this week. I don't want to listen. Some of y'all, y'all don't check. Please just take them out. Just take them out. They hurt. Odell, I don't know what's up with him. He ain't playing, but he's coming off the tour ACL. Please just take both of them out. Do not, do not forget. That's all I want. Raheem Mostert is out for exactly. eight weeks, too. So, yeah, I keep that in mind. Okay. Um, but, no, um, really, I think the one guy you need to start this week is uh, my boy Derrick Henry. Um, he disappointed me last week. Yes. But he will be in Seattle this week. And guess what? Seattle, ah, Seattle is the perfect game to, you know, Get get everything back going um, and stuff like that. Well, and my sleeper actually played last night, which is actually kind of interesting. But if you can grab him in one of your leagues, please do, because Daniel Jones loves him. Sterling Shepard. Mm. Sterling Shepard is my sleeper for the rest of the year. <laughs> Sterling, because he got Galladay on one side, Slayton on the other, and guess who runs the slot? And it's probably a top two to three slot, Sterling Shepard. So if y'all need a sleeper and y'all still got him and people not paying attention to him, go get you Sterling Shepard because I promise you, you won't be disappointed. It is. It is. All right. Um, Coach Murph, who you got? I say start Teddy Bridgewater, man. Seeing how, um, seeing how Trevor Lawrence played last week. He's playing against a better defense this week. He threw three picks Sunday. So I can see a lot of opportunities coming to the to the Broncos offense. Um, sit every, every running back on the Ravens roster. If you have Murray, if you have Williams, sit them because everybody knows that the Chiefs are going to force Lamar Jackson to beat them with their arm because of the amount of points that they put up. So it's going to have to be a, a shootout. And I don't see too many uh, swing passes or handoffs going to them. I think it'll probably be a big day more so for uh, Sammy Watkins, but he's not my sleeper. My sleeper is Sam Darnold. So he was actually one of my bigger sleepers going into the season. Um, I thought he would be a very solid backup quarterback uh, for your fantasy teams. He's facing New Orleans, but I feel as though that the hype around them after game one is more so that Aaron Rodgers looked more so disinterested than their defense being good. But they are prolific for being a good defense. But I feel like Sam Darnold and uh, Christian McCaffrey are going to have – they're going to do some numbers there. And I'm actually – kind of leaning towards the Panthers pulling off that game. But um, I think uh, Sam Darnold is going to put a lot more pressure on them because they they were able to play free. I mean, it just got to the point that they're just like, yeah, like this offense, this Packers offense ain't into it. So I think it doesn't show the the true story of the Saints team as a whole. So Sam Darnold is my sleeper. I like those. I think those are great picks, guys. Coach K, did you ever get on your fantasy team this year? Man, this year, so 
I miss I miss the the invitation to my fantasy league. I miss the I miss the cutoff. So uh, I'm just sitting I'm just sitting back here chilling. I'm just here to sh- throw shade. That's all I'm here for. He think he Jordan. <laughs> he think he Jordan. He took a hiatus. Yep. <laughs> I'm taking a two year break. <laughs> all right. All right. We're gonna move into what we like to call first impressions. And so it was week one of the NFL season. Uh, and we, we picked three players, all of them quarterbacks this time, uh, to talk about um, is, was their first impression something that we should get used to seeing throughout the rest of the year for the most part, or is this a flash in the pan for this particular player? So we're going to start with famous Jameis Winston. Uh, you look at it, it doesn't jump off at you uh, 148 passing yards, but five TDs and more importantly, zero interceptions famous Jameis uh, so I I'll go with coach Pace first uh, is the first impression what is your first impression of Jameis Winston you think it's going to last I do think it's going to last and I'm gonna tell you why one LASIK surgery okay my boy can see now okay <laughs> my boy can see now he ain't just throwing that just blobs or whatever he was I don't know what he was doing that but it wasn't his teammates so I think that has helped him. I also think that year under Drew Brees has helped him. He's understanding the game a little bit more. Brees helped him out. Um, having Sean Payton as a coach, who's an offensive guru, um, is definitely going to help him out. And, you know, they're not going to put him in a situation that's going to cost the team. I think uh, they're going to use Alvin Kamara to the best of their abilities. Um, a lot of play action. Um Taysom Hill, I don't know what he's going to do. He's stealing money. But, hey, they're going to use him somehow, some way. So, I think with all that being said, you know, I think Jameis is going to have a pretty solid year. I'm thinking like 33 and 10 because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Jameis can get rid of the interceptions. But let's just say 33 and 10. Well, that's, a, that's, still a, that's a huge – that's a great year for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 33 and 10 – or 33 and eight. I think that's a, that's manageable because they're going to protect him as much as possible, but Jameis is going to do Jameis things and he going to have a throw here or there where you like, Jameis, what the hell are you doing? But outside of that, bro, I think, I think he's here to stay, man. I think he's going to be the, he's, he's up next. Cool. Cool. I like it. Coach K famous Jameis flash in the pan or get used to it. Get used to seeing this. <laughs> Man, I'm not. I'm not going to. Tr- I'm not going to trust. I know. I'm not going to trust my gut instinct. I think it is his time. Uh, we'll start to see more stuff like this from him. I mean, he definitely has all the tools for success. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know what Green Bay was on at all. But playing on the field, I can tell you that. <laughs> that was, were they on the field? Were they? Nope. <laughs> nope. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I think it's. I think it really is his time. I mean, we we all know what he can do, but uh, um, I I still I still need to see more evidence. I, I want to see more evidence. I want to see more games in the season. See how it progresses. Okay. All right. Because that that was just that was just that was just that was just. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think. I'm, no, I hear what I'm you're saying. 
because I think that the Packers offense kind of just like sucked the soul out of the defense. They're hey, just like, sure, all right, man. like what what is going on right now? Right. And then you know they're <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like uh, there was there's a post on the coach's box IG with like um Aaron Rodgers just standing there with a smirk on his face and like isn't it like Jones and Adams just like standing yeah. there looking at him yeah. and then we are like some like we're losing he's like nah y'all losing like, yeah. like what are you smiling for like we're, we out here getting busted but like I do think uh James will have a good year but I think it's also like from the last time we seen him he did so bad but good too because I mean you know he did put up all the those TDs but like there's just there's a huge gap between where he was and then how this season started. Uh, I do think he'll have a solid year, um, just like Coach Pace said that year under Breeze. I love one of the things he said was like, "Hey, Breeze told me like you don't need to be Batman all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to go for it." And that showed that uh, in that game that just take what the defense give you. You don't have to be super complex or go for the home run every time. Uh, I think he'll have more of a maybe like a like a twenty eight and like twelve uh, season um, because, like I said, that that Packers team, like I feel like he, that wasn't a true. He's not battle tested yet because right. they didn't put any type right. of pressure on him, and it just got to the mm-hmm. point like, hey, bro, just go out there and have fun, and <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it was. But um, I think next time around. Um, you know, when they're starting to face these these better teams that should show up, that we'll, we'll start seeing some more mistakes here and there. But I think Sean Payton is definitely going to manage that a lot better than they did back when he was in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree um, with the premise here. I, I think he'll have he'll have 30-plus touchdowns this year. So I'm going to go with 32 because I, I think having – Carolina, their shaky defense, you're playing them twice a year. I think that benefits Jameis. Uh, and then you have the Falcons um, the rebuilding, and they've been atrocious for the last handful of years as well, ever since the Super Bowl collapse. So I think that bodes well for Jameis's numbers. And then Tampa Bay, those two times are going to be a challenge for him. Uh, so I don't look for him to throw a lot of touchdowns in those two games, but I think that's enough. Uh, with the rest of the the schedule to get him about, you know, 30, 32, 33 touchdowns. And I, I'm, I think he'll go to about 12 interceptions because I think he's going to make some mistakes against the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to bait him into some mistakes and we'll see him throw multiple interceptions in those games. Uh, but yeah, great start. I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, not everyone gets a, a fresh start. Uh, in, a, in their career and so hey, he sounds different in the press conferences the way he's talking about the game is he's talking about it a little different you know he talks about how his, the coaches are helping him focus and everything and so I just think he he always had the talent he just needed the right people to help help um you know shape and, and evolve that talent so right. yeah, he definitely seemed like he matured all around yeah, he eating dubs, eating dubs, as he said. Nah, not not anymore, man. Not nah. anymore. <laughs> nah, we we ain't doing all that, boy. Hey, what's the quote looking at him had, crazy. What's the quote he had the other, that everybody was making fun of? Oh, well, because he was just like, yeah, no, nah, my. I think he said like the coach told him something. He's like, he told me, uh, 
man, what did he say? Uh, I don't know. He told me something, but uh, <laughs> I, then I forgot what he said after that. And I was like, oh, so, you know, is it? You just caught up in the moment, man. You do. He's like, man, I didn't throw no t- interceptions. Like, shoot, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to say right now. Yeah, yeah. So that was dope. That was dope. Our next one, we'll throw it to you, Coach Murph. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, 264 yards, three TDs, and zero interceptions. What was this first impression like for you uh, in regards to Jalen Hurts? I, I like it. I feel like it's a uh, – even the back end of last year, you felt like I don't other people, but Philly fans felt the uncertainty from the upper, the higher ups, like the front office towards Jalen Hurts. It just felt like they were trying to operate as him just being a, like a placeholder for something else. Um, like, you know, the Deshaun Watson thing was fuddling through so on and so forth. It's like they really didn't like care to give him an opportunity so I feel like this was a nice like smack in the face like now nah, I'm here and also you know y'all Philly fans and height beast y'all robbed the jersey from me because his sales went up by 500 percent he was sold out so I wasn't able to get my jersey but it's all right I'll be I'll be there for the restock well I feel like a lot of people had like the same mentality I did it's just like the uncertainty from the front office like I ain't trying to buy this jersey and then y'all just send this man off somewhere I sit on for Garner Minshew or something because like that I've even viewed that as like a red like like Garner Minshew is a solid QB so I'm just like he's not really a backup type guy but whatever uh I like what I saw um I think that old line looks a lot better it's healthy um I'm not reading too I'm not getting into the hype too much as we know the uh Falcons defense hasn't been the same since they were in the Super Bowl so there I'm when seeing how he operates against the 49ers uh would tell me a little bit more. Um, but I would just say I'm I'm comfortable. I'm not too hyped about it. I like what I saw. I like how he carries himself. You can tell he got grasped the attention of his team and the organization. But outside of that, I just think it was he did what he was supposed to do against a bad team. Gotcha. That's it. That's fair. That's fair. Coach Pace, what you got for Jalen Hurts? Hey, man, I'm just, I'm just, hey, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm biased because I want to see all the black quarterbacks eat. Um, So, listen, I'm here for it, man. Listen, I don't buy too much into it, but I like to see the progression of Jalen Hurts. He's a winner. He gets the job done. It's nice to see Philly with a quarterback because I don't know what they had before him, but it wasn't a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he, he was a, a key in getting them into Super Bowl uh, or getting them into the playoffs. Hey, shout out to Foles. For sure. Anyway. Hey, shout man, out Foles, man. Shout out Shout out to my guy. I don't – I don't – Carson wasn't getting them there. So, shout out Foles, man. Uh, But, you know what I'm saying? And Meek Mill. But uh, – <laughs> That's like random. For the most part, man, I'm just saying, I, th- I think it's, I just want all black quarterbacks to eat, man, because that stigma, we conquering that stigma, 264 yards with three TDs. Mm-hmm. And seeing Devontae Smith get a uh, TD is nice, too. So yeah. I'm all for it, man. Let's just keep watching him, seeing him grow, and, you know, go from there. Yeah. Smith and Waddle had good week, uh, good week ones, too. So that was nice. And Jamar Chase, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he did really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Coach K, did you want to add anything to Jalen Hurts? 
Uh, yeah, I'm all for it too, as long as uh, the Cowboys win the NFC East, which they should. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, Jalen Hurts and Tyler Hineke, or Heineke, <laughs> as they call them, they coming. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. It is funny, though, just seeing, like, just, like, how bad the NFC East is. It's just, like, you have Dak Prescott, and then you have Jalen Hurts, and then Tyler Henke and Daniel Jones. It's just, like, it's such a huge gap at that QB position. It's just, like, like, what's going on? Low-key Tyler Henneke be looking like he be doing some things for real. Because last night, yeah. I was like, some, some, that throw he threw in the back corner, I was like, boy, who you think you know, That was nice. I mean, I went straight to the group chat. I was like, what a – like, that was – that was that just, was like, nice. perfect. Like, that was nice. I, like, I like, like, I was confused that he wasn't the starter. I think they picked uh, Fitzpatrick as a safe pick. Um, but I, I thought Tyler Henneke, just based off of what he did against Tampa, he should have just went in with, you know, being the starter. So he's, he's like that. I like him. He, he's, I don't know why. I just like Tyler Henneke. Yeah. He makes plays. He makes plays. That's it. And it's not always pretty, but he makes plays too. So, um, our last one for first impressions on the flip side of things. Uh, is Lamar Jackson. So 235 yards and a touchdown. Didn't throw any interceptions, but he did lose two fumbles in the game that were really critical in that game uh, turning around in, in favor of the Raiders on Monday night. And so, uh, Coach Pace, what is your first impression of Lamar Jackson um, from this game? Listen, they're going to have to ride or die with Lamar because they ain't got no running game, they ain't got no receivers, and I mean, they really, I mean, outside of Marlon Humphrey and the possible pass rush that they have, they really don't got any defense because Marcus Peters ain't on the other side, which means they're going to attack the other side or whoever Marlon Humphrey isn't on. Um, so it's really Lamar Jackson or bus. Um, I mean, the fumble, the line, a hey, that line stinks. Cause I mean, uh, the pass rush from um, Oakland, well, Las Vegas, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking of Oakland. But the pass rush from Oakland isn't that great, and they still got to Lamar on multiple occasions. So it's going to be a big old cluster unless Lamar pulls a Houdini. Um, so what he did outside of the fumble, you know, that was a bad play, whatever, but they still shouldn't have got to the quarterback regardless because they swarmed him quick. Outside of that, I thought Lamar played play really well. Um, I think we can compare Lamar, no lie. I'm not going to compare him. Well, yeah, I'm going to compare him. Screw it. To Cam, what Cam Newton would did back in the day, because Cam Newton didn't really have a number one. I mean, he had Benjamin for what? And he had Steve, he had Steve Smith for a year and Benjamin for a year until he got fat. And outside of that, Cam Newton was a one-man wrecking show. And that's how I feel like Lamar Jackson is. And they kept saying for the longest period of time, no lie, for 10 years, they kept saying, Cam, well, Cam Newton can't throw. Cam Newton's more of a mobile running quarterback. Cam Newton does, like, no, bro, Cam Newton won MVP. Cam Newton got to a Super Bowl. And that's how I feel like Lamar is. Like, Lamar, they don't – Josh Allen, I don't think he went to the playoffs. What, Lamar hasn't missed the playoffs, has he? Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-mm. I don't think yeah, he has. Well – I mean, yeah, Josh they made Allen, it last year too. So yeah, no, I don't think he missed one. Yeah, Josh yeah. Allen is the better QB, but we 
I feel like there's this stigma, like Lamar Jackson has an MVP. Like, why, why are we criticizing Lamar? And he can, th- he's just a playmaker. Like, it, that, what's wrong with having a play? Your best player being the quarterback as a playmaker. And I feel like we have that stigma. Yeah, he ain't the greatest thrower, but he get the ball there. That's all I really care about. Do we get the ball there or not? Mm-hmm. And he can. If he can, he can't. We need to move him to another position. But he's proven that he can. So me with Lamar, I'm just like, man, like. They gonna ride or die with Lamar. Lamar might have a good season, and they might go six and eleven. Or st- it's just they don't really got nobody. Like all yeah. three of your running backs tear their ACL. Like I said, foul the strength coach, and I play running back. Just give me like five million a year. <laughs> <laughs> solution right there and there. That sounds just something like. Yeah, like- well, you can you you used to play O line though. You don't stop. Oh you're in the hall. You're in the hall, right? Do do they do they allow Hall of Famers to go back and play? You know, I'm tired. Of it. He no, bullied. next question. Listen, next question. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Coach Murph, Lamar Jackson's performance. What are your takeaways? Um, I like. I mean, I I agree with with Coach Base. He had a great performance. I mean, there's a you can see. I feel like it's minor but you can see his progression as a passer getting better and better. Like there was some passes that I saw during that game. I was like, yeah, two years ago, he's not making that. So, um, and this year I'm, I'm kind of judging him on the scale because of how much he's lost in his running backs and, you know, two of their top three uh, like corners. Uh, So he's kind of like playing behind the, the eight ball, um, but now he had a solid performance. He definitely has to work on, you know, keeping the ball secure and stopping those fumbles. Um, but I can see the progression as a passer. Uh, we already know he's a run threat. He, he's just a playmaking quarterback, just like uh, Coach Pace said. So I feel as though that, you know, last night's game, I – or not last night, but that uh, Sunday night's game was more Monday. Jeez, I'm all over the place. This is what happens when you work third shift. But uh, <laughs> um, I feel like you should feel nothing but positive things moving forward from from Lamar. So, gotcha, gotcha, Coach K. Was that you? You see Lamar trending upwards, trending downwards, or or what are you thinking? I think he's. I think he'll be trending upwards. Like we, we'll see his progression this year. Like I'm, I'm excited to see how he, how he does. Um, I kind of want to see like, you know, this, this for me, this will be a benchmark year for him. I mean, obviously, like the fumbles are no good. You know, he can't do that, especially in critical situations. But, um, you know, I, I, I just this year. I mean, I could easily see him like not making the playoffs this year. Just because, like, just because of the division. Um, granted, granted, I feel like the Bengals have a questionable coach, um, especially with some of their play calling from the last game. But I think um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch and see like how they progress this year. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. I so, think this uh, what we're seeing is a culmination of several things happening at once. Uh, you're looking at. 
not having a balanced offense because the Ravens, they thrive on their run offense. Their run offense opens up their passing offense. So when you don't have an effective run offense, you know, you had the big play, big run by Tyson Williams, uh, you know, but outside of that, they really couldn't get much going. Uh, you know, Lamar himself ran for, I think it was like 86, 87 yards. Um, but he would, he would, I agree he was making some great throws. So I hate the narrative that he can't throw because he obviously can I will say that the Ravens have not always done a good job of pushing him a little bit. Like, I think that's what the difference is between him and some of the other quarterbacks that have, have increased, you know, their ability to throw the ball effectively is that their coaches are going to push them and challenge them each time to, you know, to, to throw the ball. And I think they leaned a little too heavy on the run in past years so now when that's that's taken away, Lamar's like, it is literally all on me. I have to I have to do this now. And I'm not used to this. Uh, so I'm anxious to see what the coaching staff is going to do to either A, have another run scheme that works against different teams, or B, really working with Lamar and opening up the field, the passing game for him to show, to show us everything that he has. Because it's going to take that mm-hmm. if they have any type of chance to get into the playoffs. And Coach Natty T is also on record saying uh, in, our, in our one of our group chats that the Ravens aren't going to make the playoffs this year. And so, and I agree, they won't if they play comfortable type of offense. They're going to continue to lose. Um, he's good enough to win you a couple games on his own just because he's that good. But it's not going to be sustainable. Go ahead, Coach Pace. You know what they need to do? I'm telling you. They should have done this like three years ago, though. In all seriousness, they need to go out. First of all, they need to switch the offense, all right? Switch the offense to something similar to what he was running at Louisville. Um, Because it wasn't all run, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Baltimore right now is, like, all run-based, like, plus a little play action here and there, but it's mostly run-based. Like, I would say it's 65-35 run type thing. Um, But I feel like he should run something more like he ran at Louisville. And please go get that man a number one. Like, like he needs somebody though. Hollywood Brown is not a number one. I'm sorry, he's not. Mark Andrews is a great tight end, but he's not a number one. Like, please, like you saw the jump that uh Josh Allen made when he got digs. Yes. You got the quarterback with the talent. He can throw. He might not have the prolific arm that Josh Allen has, but you gotta give him something. Go get you a number one. I uh I agree with that. See what they what they messed up is because isn't this like his contract year? Yeah. Yeah. So what they messed up, like you kind of the writing was on the wall after like year two, and you should have had the impression of like a you need to you should have picked up somebody in the first round of the a receiver in the first round of the draft and make a move like that or b you had to. Um, just overpay a a number one receiver in free agency. Like, because, you know, a lot of people are reluctant to go there because of that stigma of his passing. So you probably would have to pay a wide out a little bit more to come there. But if you feel as though that that's what you're missing to make a true, like, playoff run, you have to do that. But now you're about to have to pay him a boatload of money and then it's looking less likely. Uh, to do uh, for you to pull something off like that. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
Absolutely. So we'll, we'll see how, how the Ravens adjust their offense. They're going to have to do something. If they want to be competitive this year, they're going to have to, to change especially the way they, they – don't want to get hurt too. I, I meant to yeah. throw that in there, especially if they don't want him to get hurt because if he get hurt, exactly. oh, somebody going to be in some tr- – somebody. Who's their backup? Ugly. Exactly. <laughs> Next segment. Next segment. Yeah. <laughs> Trace McSorley, by the way. Trace McSorley, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so we're going to finish off here with the Fast Five. We're going to pick a winner and score of five uh, football games this weekend. And so we have three pro and two college games. Uh, so our first one is Bills visiting the Dolphins. Uh, so I have the Bills winning this game closer than what some people may think, 30 to 20. I, I think Josh Allen um, is going to find some opportunities uh, to, to put up points, but I think the dog, the Bills defense is a little shaky at times. You know, we saw Pittsburgh take advantage of some opportunities last week. I see the Dolphins offense. I think they have a kind of a, a booster shot, you know, with some of the talent that they've been able to provide there in Miami. Their defense is already solid. Um, so I, I'm looking at this being a pretty close game, but I think the Bills will pull it off 30 to 20. Uh, Coach Murph, who do you have in this game? I got Bills 34-17. Um, I feel as though that that their flame out in, uh, against Pittsburgh was more so of a fluke, and they're going to find a way to bounce back from that. Um, and I can't see uh, Tua keeping up with that offense. So, Or they're often even like in the running game keeping up with them. So I think it will be a, a nice margin, almost like a, a two-score game. Gotcha. Coach Pace? Bills, 30, uh, 17. Tua got two turnovers in. I don't know if it's going to be a pick and a fumble or two picks, but he got two turnovers in. Don't worry. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Coach K? Um, I got Bills, 28. Dolphins, 14. All right. Next is Chiefs at Ravens. Uh, I have the, the Chiefs mm-hmm. – uh, 35-28, I do think that Lamar is going to take advantage of a vulnerable Chiefs defense, and we saw Baker Mayfield do it, and so I'm looking at uh, Lamar Jackson's trying to bounce back from last last week, uh, but it's not going to be enough to beat the Chiefs. Chiefs 35-28. Coach Pace, who you got? I got Chiefs 35-24. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, man, 35-24 Chiefs. Coach K? Man, I think this is probably just more – I don't know. I feel like after last year, I'm expecting Patrick Mahomes to go on a tear this year. So, I feel like a minimum of five touchdowns for him. Well, I mean, uh, uh, they'll they'll have at least five touchdowns um, in the game. So, so like 38-21. Coach Murph? I got a 31-20 Chiefs. All right. Titans visiting the Seahawks this Sunday. Uh, I have the Seahawks 33-24. So this is going to be a really close game. I agree with Coach Pace that Henry is going to get going this week. But I think Russ is going to cook a little bit too much for that uh, Titans defense to handle. So, uh, Coach K, who do you got in this one? The look on your face. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry on this one. Titans. 
24. Seahawks 21. Be a close game. A low score game. Yeah, Coach Murph. I am rolling with Coach K. I got Titans winning 35-30. Everybody keeps talking about Derrick Henry, but I don't see Julio having a game he had in week one. I think he's guaranteed one touchdown. Um, And what people need to get get into their brains is that Julio is a number two on this team. So he's getting the second best corners, and I think he's about to start eating. I think a lot of teams are going to view A.J. Brown as the number one, and then you got Derrick Henry in the backfield. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm being completely honest. Because, I mean, a lot of the things you've heard about Julio coming into this season is how people wanted to say that he's taken a step back. That's another reason why there's, like, the Falcons kind of felt comfortable with you know, letting him go because of Calvin Ridley emerging. But, like, there's going to be a lot of times, like, they might do some switches with corners, but I think predominantly the number one corners are going to be paired with A.J. Brown. It's, like, no different than Tampa, how, you know, you got Antonio Brown on the field, but he's getting the second, third best corner because of Mike Evans and Godwin. So, like, when you have those two high-profile receivers, uh, number two is going to get placed on one of them, and I think it's going to be Julio, and he's about to he's about to eat. So, I got – and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because of, I mean, Seattle's going to put up points. You saw what Murray did to that Titans defense. So, but Seattle's defense isn't that great either. Okay. All right. Coach Pace, go. I know you've been burning to talk about this. <laughs> what they got going on in Tampa Bay is really illegal. Like nobody's really talking Not about this. What they got Not going, like, that's illegal. Like having Antonio Brown as your number three. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did yeah, you mute yourself? That's definitely illegal. Um. So, I look at it was a yeah Mike Evans. Antonio Brown, Chris. I got, I, I got Titans. I got Titans 30, 23. 30, 23. Okay. Now, this Julio Jones thing. <laughs> oh. Just, just preposterous. Because if you ask all the players, they're like, who's the best receiver? Well, I mean, if you really look at it, it's been Julio Jones. You know, I mean, yeah. granted, Monte Adams right now and I just, I mean, like, who do you really like? Julio, who's more likely to go for 300? AJ Brown or Julio Jones? Like, who do you? I, I, don't, I don't know. That's a tough one. Especially it, it, like, I'm, I'm telling you what, you, you got to watch the tape. And also, you have to factor in that the rapport that Tannehill has with AJ Brown already. So, you know, AJ uh, Tannehill is more likely to pass it to A.J. Brown than Julio, so you want to put your number one on Brown. But, like, if, like, after a year going into going into the next year and Julio's there, then it'll, you know, it'll kind of be like a catch-22. You can go either or. But based off of, I mean, we already know A.J. Brown's talent level. Like, yes, it's not on the level of Julio, but he does have that rapport with Tannehill. 
Yeah, listen, the way Tannehill looked last week, he needed to throw to uh, Julio a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. He was this week. Oh, he better. I hope so. Definitely. I will switch to college now. Auburn um, at Happy Valley in Penn State. So I have, uh, this may be for some people, this may be upset, but I have Auburn 27-17 beating Penn State. Uh, so, Coach Murph, who do you have in this one? I got Penn State, man. Um, I got Penn State uh, 40-28. Coach Pace? I don't know nothing about this game. I know it's going to be a good one. So, I'm, <laughs> But I'm going with the Big Ten, baby. Um, <laughs> Penn State 27-24. All right, Coach K. And Big Ten all the way. Uh, I got Auburn. 21, Penn State 14. Cool. So if Auburn wins, y'all owe me a meal. Y'all owe me some dinner or something like that. Right? No, I, I said Auburn. I said. Oh, you said Auburn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. I, I don't trust the big I don't no. trust big team. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. And in this one, um, Alabama at Florida. Um I have Alabama 45-27. So I think Florida will score more points than most people think, but Alabama still got it in the bag, in my opinion. Uh, Coach Pace, who you got in this one? I mean, I feel like it's going to be Alabama unanimously. It just really depends on the points for it. So. <laughs> Wouldn't say that. Uh-oh. All right, Alabama 42-24. <laughs> All right, Coach K? Uh, Alabama 48 Florida, uh, I'll give him 17. <laughs> 17, okay. 17. All right, Coach Murray, 20, talk. 20. 20. All right, hear me out before I say this. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, I'm about to watch TV, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not for real, for real, for real. Bama 53, Florida 20. <laughs> You got to build some suspense for the listeners, man. Everybody know that Bama about to dog walk whoever they play in the regular season. It, Look, it's man. the it's the playoffs that changes stuff when they no, actually not this play year. better team. Not this well, year. Yeah, not like well, like this year and like last year, you just kind of knew they had it on lock. But like all in all, like it's a it's a repeat thing that nobody's touching them. In no. the regular season, so yeah, no. I say I don't see Joe Burrow on the field, so <laughs> I don't see Cardell either. <laughs> I don't see Cardell anywhere. <laughs> I don't even see Johnny Football or Cam Newton. Johnny Football. Yeah, Johnny Football playing in that one league uh, where the oh fans yeah, that one like the. <laughs> yeah, like the um, like the fans pick league or something like yeah. that. That's yeah. sad, man. The, the fall yeah. from greatness. Yeah, you know who else isn't on the field? Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. Rightfully so. <laughs> they need to stay behind a, a booth somewhere. He don't need to be on the field, man. Tight oh, end. Yeah. He was yeah, he's, still he's over here blocking like Blake Jarwin. Yo. <laughs> and, and that's and that's even more of a reason why I think I think next year we're gonna see uh we're gonna see Urban Meyer at USC. That, Liz, I, 
why is everybody saying that? Like, he literally had one game in the league, and everybody thinks he's going back to college. Like, what's up with that? I don't know. I, I mean, you saw, you saw, you see what Chip Kelly's doing with you, UCLA. Hey, man, everybody knows that my how I feel about Chip Kelly, how he came in and destroyed my team. <laughs> hey, man, he's doing wonders for uh, out, out here in Cal in Cali, though. Man, he brought Sam Bradford to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Bradford? Like, come on, man. Uh, Sam no. Bradford and Mark hey. Sanchez. What the? Let's wrap this up, man. I'm most cut. Yo, yo, hold up. This is a family. Andy Dalton. Nah, nah, hold up. Andy Dalton. That's all I'm going to say. Andy Dalton. What about him? He about to be benched. That's all I know. <laughs> He, if he's not benched by a halftime, I don't even care if he's up 21-10. He needs to be benched, and they need to let Justin Fields get his stuff off. Yeah. And yeah. he thought, man, he wasn't even, that man haven't been good. Any, the fact that he had the audacity to say, oh, it's my time. Like, what? Your time was over and You couldn't even show up with the stacked offense in, with the Cowboys. Yeah. But it's your time now. Like, come yeah. on, boy, you like 40. It's, it's time to sit down. It's just exactly. time to sit it's just down. I can't believe this man is still getting paychecks. Yeah, this man is really getting paid. Ain't Mark Sanchez still in the league? I don't know. No, he gone. He gone. He, gone. Okay. he long gone. Yep. The well, fact that Andy Dalton is starting and Cam can't find a roster spot is beyond me. Don't get me that's, started, bro. That's bad. That, that's that's a good thing. We ain't got another 30 minutes, man. The red pellet gun still got it. <laughs> Yo. All right. We, we, going, we might have to put that on the next show, on the agenda for the next show. Uh, but good work today, fellas. Uh, great episode. Uh, thank you all for tuning in uh, to this week's episode of The Coach's Box. Catch us next week. Same time, same place. Um, if you want to hear something on the air, if you want to hear us talk about your, your team that you're a fan of on the air, go ahead and hit us up. C-Box Podcast on IG. Um, you know, and we'll maybe we'll talk about your team unless it's the Lions. We ain't talking about the yeah. Lions. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Keith got some ties with the Lions. Jerry Goff used to be his guy. <laughs> I have new ties with the Lions. I forgot he was on the team, thankfully. <laughs> hey, you Can forgot about him quick when Sam Brass, I mean, when Matthew Stafford took the field. Boy, yeah. that boy ate. Eight. Eight. Uh, I was sitting there like, bro. If they if they don't make it to the NFC championship, I will be shocked. Yeah. I will legit be shocked. Like they should be fit. Like it should, depending on however it's set up, like it should nine times out of ten, it should be them versus Tampa. We need Brady. Bring them on. And <laughs> now you need to sit down, sit it, stay seated right there. Blue yourself. Get a seat belt. Stop calling. Call, don't call out that man. I'm the day. I'm not playing, so I'm gonna call him out all I want to. Hey. You ain't playing anymore, anymore, because you're retired. All right, y'all. And it's all right, y'all. Great See episode. Thank you for stepping into the coach's box. Stay blessed. Yeah. I hope Giannis is.